You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Well, everybody say, Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. Now, some of you have been serving God a while. Maybe you say, I don't have a broken heart anymore. And I say, good for you. I'm glad that you got over that. Amen. And if you've gotten over that, then uh, I'm going to talk to you tonight. But then if you're in the room and you haven't quite gotten over it, you do still have things that linger. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I know something's linger? Asking somebody close to you. Not in the room right now. But if you really want the truth, ask, uh, if you're married, ask your house. Ask, don't ask your house. Ask your spouse. Well, if your house could talk, it could probably tell you. Because the truth of the matter is, whatever's going on in our heart comes out of our mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth does what? Or I like to say leaks. And when the pressure's on and when your feelings are overwhelming you. Now remember, there's nothing wrong with feelings. We all got them. God gave them to you. It's when your feelings run and rule your life in a wrong direction that, that it's, not, it's not the way God had for it. But, you know, in our circles sometimes, whenever you hear the word feelings, everybody goes, ah, put the brakes on. No, God gave you feelings. He gave you a soul. Come on, you're supposed to have joy can be a feeling. Peace can be a feeling. Amen. You're not supposed to live by yours, but God wanted you to have some. Because, see, there's a lot of numb Christians on the earth today. Numb meaning they're just going through life. They don't feel anything. They don't want to talk about anything. They're just going to hold on to the end. I've been hurt. You know, don't bother me. But the Lord wants you to get your feelings back. The Lord, in, in a way, because honestly, if we're going to reach out to the world, uh, which we're in the church is really our ultimate direction, our ultimate call, if we're going to reach out and help somebody, um, they want to be drawn to people who are full of joy, who are excited about life. Amen. They don't want to, they're not drawn to someone who's going through the same problems they're going through. And not to say that we all haven't gone through problems. We have, but we're of those that, uh, you know, like Paul, the Apostle Paul. Talk about a broken-hearted man. How would you like to live with yourself knowing the head of the church had to come meet you face-to-face to get you to stop doing what you were doing? Did you ever think about that? Jesus doesn't often make personal appearances like that. And in this way, remember, he showed up in such a way to him. Now, I know Paul from his mother's womb was called to do something. But he could have surrendered another way. He, later you find out just a little short thing. But he had family members. He did have family members. Have you heard that cousin Paul, uh, I mean cousin Saul, is killing people who believe like us? Throwing them in prison. How many of you know they probably had a prayer meeting? I know you all pray for some of the nuts, fruits, and flakes. You just got done with them at your Thanksgiving dinner. And if there's hope for Saul, there's hope for them. Amen? Don't ever give up on anybody. Don't ever give up on anybody. But Jesus, the head of the church. And then after, because remember when he appeared, he said, um, you know, Jesus said to him, why do you persecute me? And he answered and he said, Lord... In other words, I have a little awesome respect for you going on right now. I don't know who you are, but this is something here. Lord, who are you? 
I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Well, how many know after he got over that, the glory of God blinded him. He wasn't, he, his eyes were not sick. He didn't have to pluck them out, y'all. There was no disease involved in him. The, 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 his, but the glory blinded him. That's how powerful it was. Then God sent a man named Ananias. I wonder how many ministers the Lord tapped on. They said, I'm, going, I'm not going over there. And, and Ananias, Ananias, you know, the disciple, someone just like you. Yeah, everybody is not called the five-fold ministry. And you know what? If you're not, don't try to be. Just be you. But God uses, and in this last day and hour, God wants to use the body. The, the five-fold is just supposed to prepare the body for the use. And you could be just like Ananias. And, you, you know, the Lord appeared to him. And he said, I want you to go down there to, the straight, to that street. And there's a, there's a guy named Saul. And he's like, uh, I want you to go in and lay hands. Oh, I heard of him. Why well, everybody heard of him? Why? Because he's a Christian killer. He's a Christian killer. Didn't just kill any Christians. He was even killing those at the top. Stood there and gave approval while they stoned Stephen. Now listen to me. How would you like that? Then it turns in your life. Because see, we're still human beings. We are a spirit. Paul's spirit got born again. But he still has a soul. So has a mind, a will, and he's still got emotions. And then he's also got an enemy named the devil that jumps up on his shoulder all the time and says, remember when? Who do you think you are? Remember when? Remember when? Where's Stephen at? Remember when? Now you say, well, the Bible doesn't talk about that. But are you a human being? Have you been through stuff? See, the light things that we've been through. But, but listen to this. That's why the Apostle Paul said this. There's one thing. There's one thing that I do. Forgetting those things that lie behind. I believe that's the same thing as saying, there's one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to get my broken heart fixed. Because if I don't, it's going to track me all the days of my life and I'll become ineffective. There's one thing. I, everybody say there's one thing. Now, if you've already got this one thing, I'm glad for you. Because you're the second part of this I want to talk to. Because I need you to turn into an army. Because there's a lot of people all over this community, all around us, all, all, all over you know, North Alabama and, and southern central Tennessee that we're assigned to reach. They need you. And if you say, well, I still got some things going on, well, they need you too. And you don't have to wait till you get it all together to go do something for God. Because if we all got to wait to get it all together before we go do something to God, we're just going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. Amen? But the truth of the matter is we need to get some things taken care of. And so I want to minister to you along those lines tonight. So we talked about Paul. Um, but I, wanna, I just want to go back to Luke chapter number 4. And I want to pick up where Jesus took up and he made some bold proclamations. And if you'll go back two weeks and begin to remember what I was talking to you about, put it with Pastor Rhonda, what she talked about, then um, we're going to get somewhere tonight and we're going to do some, probably some, we're going to do something that I've never uh, really done before. 
that uh, I believe the Lord has instructed me to do. So it's going to be good. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Oh, in case some of you don't know, these people sitting up here on the front row are some of our closest, dearest friends. We stole their son from them like 18 years ago. Uh, this is Pastor um, uh, Bruce and Mary, I can't even think of your names. Bruce and Mary Ann Conover, and uh, they pastor uh, Birth and Family Church in Birth in Colorado. And uh, we're glad that they're here tonight. Pastor what, I say? They're Pastor Robert, you know, that associate pastor of ours. That's his mom and dad. Um, Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus got up and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, where is he reading that from? He, he took some scripture and he's reading right from scripture about himself. How many of there's scripture written about you too? And this is one of them you can pick up. So Isaiah 61, 1 says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Isaiah prophesying forward, he said, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. So he says here in Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty that am bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus boldly stood up and he took the scripture and where it was written about him and I want to tell you it's written about you. This is this this kind of makes me laugh. I don't know how long ago it was. It must have been let's see I went to Bible school in uh, 1988. My first sermon I preached probably that year in my little home church. Uh, my pastor um, asked me to preach and I thought it was because he was going out of town and I got there and he was there. And so I was just a nervous wreck and I was thinking, you know, um, I'm going to preach 15 minutes or so. So I took this scripture, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19 was my first scripture I ever preached out of. Well, I preached for 45 minutes and, you know, you can't hardly wind me down any smaller than that now. But uh, so that my first sermon was uh, 45 minutes or so. And, but it was on this, because this is what the Lord had dealt with me about a long, long time ago. So I'm taking you back with me after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, after I was delivered, after my life was changed, where I didn't want to die anymore, I wanted to live, where, um, where the devil had tor tormented me, not so much outward, listen to me, mo with me, most people would have never known that there was something wrong with me. Even the closest people around me would not have known there was something. It was very internal, very self-loathing. Hated myself, hated my life, yet I had everything. But the devil can blind you, deceive you. I had things just like any other teenager. Um, you know, um, I, I, well, not like every other teenager. Um, you know how some people enjoy going back to their um, class reunions in high school? I went the fifth year to show them, because see, when I started when I was in school, I was, I always joke and say I was five foot tall and five foot wide. And, you know, I was just, you know, had, my height had to catch up. I, I wasn't fat, I was just too short. And so, um, so it had to catch up. But I remember going back my fifth uh, year to, to my high school reunion, because um, I was fully grown, I looked really good, 
I went back to say, hey, one of the former cheerleaders who would not pay me any attention asked me to go do something with her, and I said, I might call you. <laughs> and I never did. <laughs> okay, so guess what? All of that even, that was a broken heart. Even the reason that I did what I did to, do, to get there was from a broken heart. It's nobody's fault. Wasn't my mom's fault, wasn't my dad's fault, wasn't my sister's fault, wasn't, wasn't my environment's fault, wasn't the farm I lived on's fault, even though I hated it. I, it, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't my teacher's fault, it wasn't anybody's fault. There, even back then, I had an enemy who fed me lies morning, noon, and night. My problem was I didn't have a church that taught me the truth. I didn't know there was a devil. As a matter of fact, I, the devil even twisted it to tell me that God was mad at me. I lived that way. And even when I had everything in the natural, um, I was very brokenhearted. Now, I'm not telling you this, go, oh, Pastor Mark. I'm telling you that God is the healer of a broken heart. And it don't take years. It doesn't take years. When I came in contact with the living God, and the love of God, and the delivering power of God, I had an instant transformation. I had an instant transformation. Now, you have to learn how to maintain that. So I'm telling you this, and, and because I'm your pastor, and, and it, I don't know why this got pushed down, but I think it's for a season. We have to, as a church, there are so many hurting people that you go to work with them and you don't know. Marriages that are a mess. They have problems with their children. Even in our area, there's a lot of fake facade. Just because someone has a great career doesn't mean they have a great life. Just because they live in a 4,000 square foot home Drive a Mercedes and a Beamer does not make them happy because none of that can. They have a broken heart. Even some of that is a broken heart trying to prove something. And that's not all that way. I mean, God wants you prosperous and God wants you blessed. But that's the way God does things. Why am I going through all this? Because I just want you, first of all, to see there's a need. And there's always been a need. Because of humanity, what Pastor Rhonda talked about this morning. There is nobody, the offenses will come to all. And how many, are we all getting better at responding? Yes. Jesus help us. Amen. We're, 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 better, we're getting better at responding. I'm telling you the truth. And, you know, even being a pastor, if, if, I, just, if I didn't want to take the risk of offending anybody, I, just, I would have to change everything I do. In other words, I just get up, preach a, just a, a, a milky message because you don't want to make people mad because you might tell them the truth. If they say something wrong, you'd never correct them. See, if you love somebody, you're going to correct them. Oh, can you see how that works today? God can't correct nobody, and therefore he can't show them his love. The same Burger King, baby, you don't always get it your way. 
Praise the Lord. Broken hearts develop because we're humans and because we live on the earth. And again, what Pastor Rhonda said, you don't have to believe for an offense to come. Just live in here. You know, I often think about it. Um, Jesus had opportunity and opportunity and opportunity for his heart to get broken. The Bible says he is touched with the feelings of your infirmity, tempted in every way. How many of you know he was tempted to be offended? The same people that he healed are now screaming, crucify him. The same people that he healed are mocking him. He picked out 12 and one of them betrayed him. Listen, if that can happen to Jesus, that can happen to you. Don't you think he'd be a little more wise in who he picked? But in the same way, Pastor Rhonda took it to God. How many of you know even in perfect heaven, one-third of the angels in a perfect environment went nuts? So what do we got to do? We got to understand that, it, that it's on the earth. And it's, it's so strong in my heart, and I hope I'm getting it to you. My point is, it's out there. People make mistakes. You made them. Some of your mistakes cause you to get brokenhearted. Um, you've been through things. Things failed. Things didn't go right. Um, people offended you. You took the offense. Even when you knew better, you still took it anyway. I'm just telling you, it's easier, it's easier to take the fence, offense than it, it seems. And because everybody around us today, they're just ticked off all the time. They are. They're always, it's their right. They're woke. I wish they'd go back to sleep. But what they need to awake to is righteousness. They're telling, this is my truth. There is no truth but the word of God. You don't have your truth. That's offensive to God. There's a truth. But, but look out around him. Now listen, there's lots of people with broken hearts. And you and I are assigned to help them. The first thing you got to do is get your heart healed. Jesus had the opportunity to have a broken heart. Um, he, he was getting ready to be crucified for him, and they all fell asleep. Can't you just pray for an hour? Dude, I paid your taxes. Can't you pray for an hour? Do you understand what's about to happen to me? But he didn't get offended. And he wasn't even offended with them on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Just like the Apostle Paul, remember what he said? Everything I did was in ignorance and unbelief. So there's a lot of ignorance and unbelief, and they don't know what they're doing, but it's up to you and I to help them. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going we're, 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 we're we're to be doing it. And we're going to be helping you, and we're going to be helping you to help people, and you're going to be bringing people in who need their broken heart healed, 
And so I want to remind you again, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So we're going to talk about the anointing. Are you grateful for the anointing? Isaiah 10, 27 says what? That the uh, yoke, how many of you know, broken heart, uh, offense, a, what Pastor Rhonda was talking about, a root of bitterness. What gets up a root of bitterness? See, how can you tell if you're brokenhearted? How can you tell if you're offended? Your, your, uh, the, the root of bitterness springs up into a plant and it defiles. That word defile means to rape. You, whether you want to or not, you're messing with other people's fields when you're offended. When you're brokenhearted. Because nobody likes to be offended or brokenhearted alone. And really, it's really, it's, I, I say it like this, it's really, once you get a root of bitterness, you can't help it. It just comes out. So the only thing you got to do is you got to get the anointing of the Holy Ghost to grab two hands in there and yank that thing out by the roots. You got, he's got to yank that thing out by the roots. Because, any, come on, have any of you t- tried to take care of any grass around here in Alabama? I mean, those weeds, they keep coming and coming and coming. And if all you do is chop them off, they're going to keep coming and coming. you got to get them at the root. And not only do you got to get them at the root, you got to get their buddies around them at the root. And, and you got to pull them out. Everybody say, pull it out. Yeah. What, what pulls it out? Because, see, a lot of people come to church and they chop it off. The Holy Ghost wants to pull it out. And he wants to heal. He wants to mend. Now, I am not going to, because see, what I'm scared about this is, and I've been scared of it for 30 years, because see, being a doctrinal teacher, um, I, I, I watch fads come into the body of Christ and they bother me. And so because they come into the body of Christ, um, I pull away from them. And when you start teaching about um, brokenheartedness and people getting their soul healed, then immediately, that's why you hear me and Pastor Rhonda say, because then they take it into spiritual healing. Well, listen, you don't need any spiritual healing. You need the new birth. Why is that, why is that wrong? Well, if you start talking, well, my, my spirit's broken. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. It is created in the likeness and the image of God, and it's perfect. What you mean to say is, I got, I got some messed up soul stuff. But see, you got to keep your words right, because then it just kind of migrates over into crazy stuff. Like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, then, then having uh, going to spiritual healers and laying on a couch and being regressed back to your childhood. Uh, breaking uh, family curse lines. Dear Lord, you'd be in a line forever if you got to break every, every curse that ever happened to you and your family. Just throw that nonsense out. Listen to me. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I don't care what happened in your family tree. That's not the tree you're from anymore. Well, this runs in my family. Well, make it stop with you. Break it. How do you break? You don't have to go through every curse and break it. Well, there's a curse of divorce. No, there's a curse of people not getting along and not walking in the love of God. You know how. You know how. What does that do? It takes something spiritual, and the devil can't get you away from God. He'll push you into an error, into a ditch on the other side. Because, see, when you do it like that, then you have no responsibility. It's all the devil. The devil made me do it. The devil, the devil, the devil. And then you start getting into this, and then, then people in their souls and in their spirit, they got all these spirits hanging around them. 
Dear Lord, now listen to me. I came into Charismaniac back in the day, and I went to this little church, and my goodness, they were casting out things left and right. If, if you moved the wrong way, you had a spirit, and you had to get it cast off of you, cast out of you. Again, a bunch of baloney, a bunch of nonsense. Walk in the spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Now, is there a devil? There is, and you better know how to deal with him. Come out, shut up, and uh, get out. Are you with me? So that's all this stuff that's extra, though, so it pulls me back and had pulled me back. I'm not going to do it anymore from really getting to, because if then you pull back from that, then people's souls are messed up, and they're not being transformed. Because part of the transformation of your soul, which is the pivotal part of you, because you need it to side in with your spirit. You're a three-part being. You are a spirit. You're a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. If I can get two-thirds of me going the right way, the other third has to come along. Because my spirit, remember what Jesus said? He said, your spirit is willing. Your flesh is, I would even say, messed up. Um, It's just weak. And then the pivotal part of you, the soul part of you, if you can get that healed, Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. He restores my soul. He's he's a restorer. What does it? Well, yes, the word. But I want to look real strong. Am I getting there? I'm trying, Lord. I'm trying. The anointing, the presence of God, which you and I as a church are familiar with. I love hanging out with you because you're hungry for the presence of God. The anointing, which is the glory, which is the presence of God, which lives in you and comes into a room and comes upon you, it literally destroys any yoke of bondage. Any yoke of bondage can be and should be and will be destroyed because of the anointing. And the anointing of the Holy Ghost that was on Jesus, uh, I, I like what Jim said today, it's not a, it's not a junior. The same anointing, same Holy Ghost. That same Holy Ghost is in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 talks about when the Spirit of God is in manifestation. It says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Everybody say liberty. Liberty from what? Liberty from whatever binds you. Not just sin, but the effects of sin or the effects of an offense or a broken heart. Now where the, spirit of the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Lord is, where the, now the Lord is that Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Say it one more time. Say there's liberty. In the Amplified Classic, it says liberty is emancipation from bondage, freedom. Everybody say, I've been emancipated. <laughs> Glory to God. You have been. You've been set free. You've been emancipated from slavery of sin. You've been emancipated from anything that that the devil has done to you. You have been emancipated from anything that happened in your childhood. You've been been emancipated from anything that happened in your first marriage or your second marriage. Yes, I said it. And, And you've been emancipated. Amen. Come on, say, I've been delivered. 
What you have been delivered from bondage to to fear. You've been delivered from bondage to that brokenheartedness. You've been delivered from anything that the devil tried to do to make you captive and to hold you captive. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And then it goes on in verse 18 to say this. But we all with open face beholding the glass, the glory of the Lord. What is the glory of the Lord? It is the manifest presence of Almighty God. It's God in you. It's Christ in you. It's the anointing in you, the hope, the expectation of the manifestation of the glory of God. Do you want the presence of God? The presence of God is what destroys the yoke of bondage. Yes, the Word of God is first place. But if you preach the Word, of God. Mark 16, 20 says, and they went forth everywhere and preached the word and the Lord worked with them. How does he work? He manifests himself in his glory and his power. And the Lord worked with them, confirming his word with signs following. If we don't have the presence of God, we don't have the gospel. This is not a history book. This is not a nice lesson. Back in the day, this, you know, they used to call it like this. This is not the Reader's Digest. Some of you young ones don't even know what that is. But that's just a nice little story. This is not self-help. This is the gospel. This is the power of God. This is something that delivers. This is something that changes. This is something that saves you. This is something that heals you. This is something that can change everything about you in a moment. Don't take God all day. You don't have to lay on a couch. You don't have to take a drug. He can deliver you in a moment because of the anointing, because of the power of God. Things that tormented you for years and years and years, and I get it. I understand. And sometimes you feel like you got to fight. But I'm telling you, he'll deliver you the anointing of God. And one of the things that he's fighting the hardest is, see, you all know the anointing. You wouldn't be here on a Sunday night in December. Come on, you'd be at Bridge Street if you, were, if you didn't want the anointing. After Turkey Day, after some of you cried last night. I mean, you... Uh, I did. And listen to me. All that stuff is fun and fine, but there's a world that's dying and going to hell. They're hurting. And you and I have the answer. And you wouldn't be in this room if you didn't want to be a part of the answer. But we've got to get going. I I promise you this. I don't want to, you know, but if you haven't figured this out, um, the Lord, I was praying, and we were talking about, me and him, we were talking about darkness. I was like, Lord, it's awful dark out there. I felt this is what he said to me. He said, you haven't seen the gross darkness yet. I thought we was living in gross darkness. But he told me you haven't seen it yet. We got to get going. There are people hanging in the balance. And their brokenheartedness, their offense at church, their offense at preachers. We, we got we to help them. There are people that you're ordained to reach that I'll never be able to talk to until for a couple months you get them squared away. So you get them stabilized. You need to trust somebody. 
They need to trust somebody. And they can trust you. Can't they? That was weak. They can trust you. Can't they? Might need to befriend them. I need to help them. Everybody, are you grateful for the anointing? There's something about the power of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. This is an appropriate season as we think about the birth of Jesus. Mary said to the angel, how's this going to be? You can say it like this. How am I going to get over this broken heart, this torment, this anxiety, this who I think I am and how I've been all my life? How's that going to happen? Because, see, Mary was thinking the same way. Um, You know, I'm not all that grown up, but I know where babies come from. And this ain't it. How's this going to be? And what do the angels say? The power, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Then what's going to happen? And the power... And the power, and the power. Come on, have you ever had the Holy Ghost come upon you? Did you know that's the same power that created Jesus in Mary's womb? Have you ever had the Holy Ghost come on you? That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. (laughs) No, you don't understand. It's not a different power, it's the same power. It's not a lesser power. We lessen it by what we're uh, capable of receiving. The same power, how how, how can this be? The power of the highest shall overshadow you. How can Jesus be raised from the dead? The Holy Ghost, in the greatest display of power, when all had been finished, he raised him up. He raised Jesus up. That's why we can boldly say, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's the power of God. Remember, Jesus told him before the day of Pentecost, he said, uh, go wait until you be endued with power. Listen, the latter-day church is not going to be less Holy Ghost. It's going to be more Holy Ghost, the one that's going to survive, the church that's going to survive in the gross darkness will have to be a Holy Ghost church. That doesn't mean everybody's always running around the room. Rolling around on the floor, although I'm up for that. I can run and roll with the best of them. But a Holy Ghost church is what? A powerful church. A powerful church that has demonstrations. A church that, that sees results. All right? And so, in and, and meditating on this, so I'll take you back a couple weeks ago. I was asking the Lord, because... When I deal with someone with a broken heart, one of the things I'll do is I'll just say, okay, since it's in the soul, we need to get your mind renewed. So I've always done this. I've always taken them back. Let's get your mind transformed. Let's get your mind transfigured. That word transfigured is metamorpho, like a caterpillar to a butterfly, a tadpole to a frog. So we go through the transformation process, which is right and good. And how many know um, it's the truth that will make you free and it's the truth that will keep you free? 
And so it's just like physical healing, and that's what he began to deal with me about. He said, Mark, it's just like physical healing. How do people get physically healed? Well, there's many ways. Isn't there many ways for people to get physically healed? I mean, someone can just literally take the word, work the word, and you don't know whether you say that's the highest or best, but you can on your own by faith receive from 1 Peter 2.24, Galatians 3.13 and 14, Matthew 8.17. I mean, from Isaiah 54, you can take all those scriptures, put them together, hold fast to it, and you can receive healing for your body. But you can also, when Annie comes, you can, whatever that is, I still haven't figured it out. Is it her faith? Is it our faith? Is it the gifts of the Spirit? I don't know, except for I just keep seeing people get healed and healed and healed. So I like it. Do you like it? We got her in a church in Champaign, Illinois. We were talking to our friends Trent and Rhonda Coyne up there. Uh, I love it, though, too, when Annie ministers to people who don't believe in it. It's cool because it wasn't their faith. Probably her faith, gift. I don't know. It's, all, it's just good, right? So there's, that's another way. How I many know there is the gifts too, though? You can have the word of knowledge with the gifts of healing and manifestation. You can lay hands on the sick and they will what? I mean, there are so many ways that God physically wants you well. And he just began to talk to me and say, in the same way, in the same way, I want people healed in their soul because Jesus said, I, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to do what? Heal the brokenhearted. And so my immediate thought is heal, meaning taking a long time, getting the work, you know, going through a process and getting all better. And basically you began to say to me, that's not what I said. Just as though someone can instantaneously be physically healed, someone can instantaneously be healed from their broken heart. Symptoms all gone. And then, can I just let you in a little secret? I didn't realize it, but that's what the Lord did with me. I've been stewing on this for 30 some odd years. You know, and I've jokingly, and I kind of preached on it before, But after the Lord helped me and delivered me and changed my life, and then he said to me, I'll make it like Manasseh. I'm like, and see, this is what the Lord, Pastor Ronald can tell you this. Sometimes the Lord gives me, like when we're praying out, he'll give me weird words that don't mean anything to me, and I got to go hunt for them. Like one time um, we were praying about about the church here, and he said, it's like the bridge over the river Kwai. I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? And if you've never seen that movie, it's an old one. And so the Lord uses that to tell us sometimes you got to blow up the bridge. <laughs> it's too long. Go get it. It's in, but it was funny. That's how he deals with me. So I had to look up the word Manasseh. So th- most of you know this by now, but that's Joseph's oldest son. And the Manasseh means... The Lord causes me to remember no more. He can instantaneously take you from a place of brokenheartedness to a place of wholeness, just like that, and cause you to remember no more. What does that? The anointing. What does that? Gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit. What keeps you there? Ah, what keeps you there? Because if you even get instantaneously healed, you'll have to learn how to keep it. So we work all of it here at the church 
because we not only want you, if you get instantaneously healed, glory to God. But you're going to have to learn how to keep it. And you keep it by the word of God. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know him so you too can make him known.